Jericho is about 25 miles east of Jerusalem, downhill all the way, uphill on the way back. The Good Samaritan Inn is about halfway, if you're interested. And Jesus was leaving Jericho, where he had visited Zacchaeus on occasion. He encounters a man who is blind. And the man hears it as Jesus of Nazareth coming through. Could have been any Jesus. See, that was not an uncommon name then. You could have Jesus, the son of this person or that person, but this was Jesus from Nazareth. He was blind, but he wasn't deaf. He had heard about what Jesus had done. And so when he hears that he's coming, he cries out. And he doesn't say Jesus of Nazareth. He says, Jesus, son of David meaning that he's a fulfillment of the prophecy, that he's the Messiah, the one who has come to save the world. And he cries out, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. Look on me in my poverty, in my blindness, and help me. And everybody tells him to be silent. Why would anybody say that? It doesn't make sense now. But there are people in the world who don't want us to cry out to Jesus because they don't think that Jesus is Jesus. But he is. He was back then, still is, and there is nothing that he can't do. We shouldn't be self-reliant. We just shouldn't say, I'm going to do this by myself. But we too, in our lowliness, need to cry out, Jesus, Son of David, have pity on me. But instead of being deterred, the man cries out all the more. And Jesus says, call him. Jesus hears him cry out. He didn't respond the first time, which I've prayed before, and he didn't respond the first time either. But if you keep calling, he responds. And he comes to him, he says, and, and suddenly the people that are telling him to be quiet are saying, get up, you know, go to Jesus, he's calling you. And he throws aside his cloak and Blind men are not wealthy usually, and that's probably the only source of warmth at night that he has, but he puts it aside because Jesus is more important than anything he owns. And he goes to Jesus, and Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? You're talking to someone that could do anything. It's like the prophet Amos who said, ask for anything under the sun. He says, I'm afraid I don't know what to ask. I might not ask correctly. And he says that, well, I'll send someone to save the world from its sins. And this man asks for the obvious need. He says, Master, I want to see. Now Jesus encounters blind people and crippled people and lame people and, you know, all kinds of diseases and possessions. And... But he came to the world not to heal people of their physical illnesses. He came to the world to preach the good news. For this he was born, for this he came to the world to bear witness to the truth, and so he speaks it. And those who hear it with open hearts believe it and accept it. But those who don't are like blind people. He uses that uh, imagery several times. They're not so blind as though that will, cannot see, will not see, not cannot see. There's none so deaf as those that will not hear. But this man heard, he believed. And he is suddenly healed. And Jesus says, go your way, your faith has saved you. 
So he has, go your way. Do whatever you want, he says. What does he do? He follows Jesus. Immediately, he received his sight and followed him on the way. Didn't say, where are you going to be in a couple days? I'll meet you there. No, it was immediately he encountered Christ and followed him. Jesus, a lot of times, uh, said that to several people. Sometimes he said, don't mention that I, you know, anything about this. Keep your m- mouth quiet. But they go on praising him. But when we're down and out, and we turn to Jesus and we ask him to help us, we should recognize that he's already done something for us. So the man was blind, he could see, but God has already done something for us. He came to the world and preached the good news, made the love of God the Father known. He suffered and died for us that we may have eternal life. And what do we do? Do we respond? Do we drop everything? And do we follow him? Or do we forget that he has done this for us? And we want him to do something new every day. That which he has done is forever new. God is eternal and his acts are eternal. Therefore, what Jesus did for us is eternal. And our desire to follow him should be eternal because when we follow Jesus, we follow him to heaven. We may follow him through many other things. Suffering for the truth, fine. Follow him in joy, that too. But we follow him in every way, everywhere he goes, so that we may go where he goes because he goes to heaven. Yes, it's okay to ask Jesus to help us, but only in light of what he has done first, the greatest thing he has done, that he has saved us from salvation, that he is the son of David, He is the new king who has established a kingdom that we may be his heirs, that we may rejoice in that, that we may trust in him and call upon him to do things for us because he has done the great thing. So whenever we are down or we are sad or we are injured or difficulties fall upon us, remember that we are not blind that we have seen what Jesus has done in the world, and because of that, we know that he is merciful, so that when we cry out, we know that he hears us, and we know that the important thing has already been done, that Jesus fulfilled the will of the Father to save us from sin and death, that everything else, although important in this life, always takes a back seat to that important act that he did for us, the one that calls for us to respond to him by putting aside everything and following him.